Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. We are going to talk about the second leading cause of death in Canada. I don't know what the first one is. Canadians. But uh, euthanasia, apparently, now is uh, the second leading cause of death. Do you know the definition of euthanasia? Uh, Do you know? I mean, I know what can it we is. Can get I one of the crack producers to look up the definition? Like the real definition? Yeah, I mean, just so we can talk about On euthanasia. It. Like, okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, Nikki. Um, because I don't want to talk about a thing if we're not defining so, the word. Okay. It's the practice of intentionally ending a life in order to relieve pain and suffering. So that's now the second leading cause of death in Canada uh, after some recent legislative changes uh, in Canada. Well, and it is convenient to kill off the older folks for uh, tax purposes. <laughs> that's that's the uh, the plot of Logan's Run. It is. Absolutely, yeah. Whenever you turn, what is it, 30? Yeah. Uh, like, then they, they, they have to go walk into this thing and essentially kill themselves. Oh, my God. Uh, because now they're too old. Yeah. Right? 30? The society can't, yeah, 30. Society wow. can't sustain yeah. anything can't older. give them another 30 years? Yeah, no. I would say, like, you know, <laughs> like, at least 60. There, there would never be a guy old enough for me. I know. <laughs> Who am I supposed to be with? Someone in the government, because you, you can bet they get a pass on that. No, I'll I'll, I'll pass. Okay. This from dailycaller.com, euthanasia is now a leading cause of death in Canada, and ethicists are freaking out. Those would be people who study ethics. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought those were people that euthanized people. Euthanasists? <laughs> Euthanasists? Like, yeah, I don't... Doctors. Doctors. <laughs> Doctor deaths. Euthanasists. Euth- euthanasians? <laughs> that sounds like a very young person from, like, uh, you know... I don't even want to know what's on the captain's computer right now. <laughs> Euthanasia is now a leading cause of death in Canada only a few years after being legalized. You don't say. Euthanasia became a legal option for Canadians 18 years and older in 2016 who had to prove suffering from severe pain and have a reasonably foreseeable death as well as two doctors signing off on the decision. Sounds reasonable so yeah, far. Right? I think so. The practice is only legal in seven countries, as well as some parts of Australia, according to the Associated Press. Canada's particular law is more expansive than most, but it is set to become even more broad next year. The policy is also creeping forward to encompass the mentally ill, the poor, and soon... The poor? And soon, <sighs> children. Oh. Okay. Okay, so... With some experts saying the law is going too far. Make a wish. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Way to be dark, Rasmus. It would be the guy wearing the tie that's the darkest at the table. Those of you who don't know, uh, for some reason, Richie Rich wore a tie. Do you care to Probably. What do you mean for some reason? It's Probably a gag. A, What's the gag? It's to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. How many, how many, on how many different like free talk live, beer talk lives, and in private conversations at meetups, yeah. have you brought up the fact that you were bothered by ties? What's What's bothering me about your tie specifically <laughs> Is that you've obviously tied it incorrectly because the the little short section that usually hides behind it is super short. Well, no. Do you want me to stand up? I tied it perfectly. No, I don't. Okay, yeah, you can remain seated. It's All right. Fine. I mean, if you feel like standing, sure. But yeah. All right. Oh, here you, you don't go. have to. I, I don't. You know. Okay. It looks great. 
The best part about this for me is the fact that it's not a dress shirt that he's wearing. It's just <laughs> yeah, like it's, a polo. It's my Bitcoin polo it's shirt. Bitcoin polo, his normal, <laughs> you know, Bitcoin shirt that he likes to wear to this show. So the short little one in the back, just for you, you know, heathens out there. Yeah, don't you have a tie clip, bro? It's not going to work unless I had a tie pin. Get, the yeah, gold. get him a pen. Yeah. But the it's the the fat part of the bigger piece, yeah. right? The, the, the widest width is supposed to line up with the top of your belt. Sure. So that's where you tie it. Yeah, no, I get it. You don't you don't pull the you don't shorten your tie to pull the long the short one in the back. Right. So I'm that just one saying stays that, hidden. That that based on that though, that tie is too short for you. No, because the the back one is irrelevant. Like I could I, can I get an extra long tie? Sure, but this is a standard tie length for an average you know an average male. Well, no wonder we know you're not average. I'm as far as physical attributes go. I'm like average in every way. Mm-hmm. My stuff is not found on the shelf because everyone else that's average has already bought it before I got there. <laughs> You're so average, like they run out of crap for you? Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, anyway, back to this euthanasia right. in Canada bit. Uh, <laughs> how did we get on the time? I have no clue. Because I was dark with my joke about oh, making right. a that's wish. Right. That's right. Well, I believe in an individual's right to... Decide to end his life, uh, making sure he's of sound mind and knows what he's doing, of course. The thing about it is, I'm concerned that, uh, especially in cases of government hospitals and so forth, people might be influenced. Now, this is costing so much to keep you alive, and it's so troublesome for so many people. Are you sure you really want to go on with it? Wouldn't you rather die and be at peace now and influences like that? I think that can be very dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Like, yes, absolutely. A person should have a right to decide when their time is up. I'm I, also okay with crazy people killing themselves, though. So, well, like who if decides I mean, what well, crazy is? Well, and that's right. Cause if they're doing it to themselves, I don't even care what the definition is. Well, that's one thing, but being coerced by doctors and social workers or whoever that is messed up because I, I truly don't believe that there are that many terminally ill people that want to end their lives or depressed people in canada to make it the second cause of death yeah i really don't believe that it seems a little skewed jill yeah what i'm thinking of is people could be pushed into it and that's that seems to get could be could turn out to be murder I'm pretty sure that's the concern of the article as well, right? Like, for in six years, it goes from illegal to the second leading cause of death. Right. And as Nikki said, seems kind of sketchy that it was, that there's that many people looking for it, that there might be some underlining government control. Or, there's, or there's some sort of incentive program like we saw with the... Uh, uh, COVID, the hospitals being incentivized to mark people who died as oh. died from COVID, and then they get okay. whatever five grand or something, whatever so, that number was. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. Uh, it's been a minute since I read through this article. I don't know what the incentives are, but my concern is that the state is incentivizing this in some way, shape, or don't form. Don't you want your family taken care of? Well, that's that's my question: is the incentive for the hospitals or the person that's dying, or both? Right. Pope Francis also decreed the idea that some patients would be administered death rather than affection. Other countries where euthanasia is legal have certain safeguards, such as prohibiting doctors from mentioning uh, mentioning it 
as a treatment option for patients or requiring them to exhaust all other treatment options before turning to euthanasia as a last resort. Canada has no such guardrails, according to the AP. The broad eligibility has led to more than 10,000 Canadians being euthanized in the most recent year for which data is available, making it the sixth leading cause of death in the country, the AP oh, reported. sixth. That's, that's what this one says. Oh, okay. Because that sixth is a lot different than second. Yeah. Because I, I have a chart here, and I, I didn't, don't know how accurate this is, but from this chart, it has the 10 leading causes of death in Canada. Cancer's number one, heart disease is number two, COVID's number three, accidents number four, um, cerebrovascular diseases like strokes is number five. So, but assisted death or euthanasia yeah. is not on the list. So it's interesting that the first article got their information from the AP, yeah, and then said second instead of and sixth. I'm not, yeah, yeah. Let's, AP, let's, let's just be clearly. Let's said. just move hmm. to the AP article and see. Let's let's go to the map, shall we? We may have been Pull up wrong. The map. <laughs> I, I've been wrong before. I'm happy to admit if I'm wrong. Uh, Are you spreading false information? Misinformation. misinformation? Fake news. Fake news. Yeah. This entire episode has now been flagged. <laughs> like they all Take aren't them down. anyway, right? You know? uh, dear FBI agents, if you're listening, <laughs> put an extra star next to this one, will you? <laughs> uh, all right. So the AP says, disturbing experts troubled by Canada's euthanasia laws. Uh, Alan Nichols has had a history of depression, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when the 61-year-old Canadian was hospitalized in June over fears that he might be suicidal, he asked his brother to bust him out as soon as possible. Within a month, Nichols submitted to a request to be euthanized, and he was killed despite concerns raised by his family and a nurse practitioner. That is disconcerting oh. language. He submitted to a request. Yeah. Especially like after asking his brother to bust, bust him out. Bust him out, yeah. yeah. So they like, murdered him. Well, that, that's the insinuation. They got him to agree, you know, to be euthanized. The insinuation is that, you know. No, no, if you don't sign the form, it's murder. But if you sign the form, well, then it's not. So maybe you just sign the form. His application for euthanasia listed only one health condition as the reason for his request to die. Hearing loss. What? This is something that I always felt was really strange because it's normal to euthanize your pets. Typically, when something goes wrong, that's people don't have enough money for cancer treatments and stuff like that for their animals. So yeah. that's typically the course of action if people don't have pet so insurance. So why not take out to, Aunt Betsy, too, when she's well, reached the end of the line? So my, if she's broke and you don't have money to care yeah, for Aunt Betsy. Yeah. So my professional take on this, being someone who has worked in nursing homes... And hospitals for a very long time, not a very long time, like five years, but still I've, I've seen, I've met a lot of people in conditions and having someone look you dead in the eye and beg you to kill them is the most heartbreaking thing yeah. ever. It is so sad. And I've seen so many people who just were not happy. They're miserable. They're, they're not enjoying their lives. Yeah. And they would, I think there's just so much fear built around death in our cultures, and it's typically the family members. You know, yeah. it, it would make them too sad to let this person move on. But as a result, you're literally torturing them. Yeah. Hospitals can become very prison-like. Absolutely. I mean, I mean they kind of Absolutely. already are in a way. Like, you know, they're, they're uh, what do we call it, uh, an institution. Well, I've, right? I've had to hold people hostage in hospitals i had to be the person essentially guarding them yeah. in these rooms because they're either 
Section 12 or whatever, they, they can't legally leave right. or they're, they have dementia or whatever and they're, they can't be trusted to make their own choices. And it's, it's really disturbing. It's a really disturbing thing to have to be a part of. And Nikki adds bouncer to her resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might be confused by the entire student loan forgiveness thing. Mm-hmm. So forgive my ignorance. Sure. Um, I don't think I care that the loans are being forgiven. Um, and I say that because every like the people Donna? from the right and the libertarians yeah. are yeah. saying like, well, the taxpayers are on the hook. How? Right? Like, are your taxes going to go up because they forgave the student loans? Is it going to get added to the trillions of dollars in the national debt yes. that no one cares about anyway? Right? They inflate the currency <clears throat> to such an extent... Right, that that's what's robbing most people of their purchasing power, and so it seems like the student loan forgiveness, however much it is, seems to be such a minuscule amount of federal money yeah. that it's not worth getting your panties in a bunch about. And it's only ten thousand dollars per person, and that's no small sum by any means. But I think some people are acting like someone's. A hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars worth of student loans is just going to be like poof gone, and they are not responsible for it. Even if it were, where does it go? Well, it would still be a microscopic amount compared to military spending, right? And then, then I hear, you know, then I get the 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 uh, um, the other side of it, which is, well, it's the government debt, and the government then sells their debt, right? And well, who's the purchasers of government debt? It's usually other governments. Right, so if the government forgives the student loan debt, sells that debt to China, and like exports the debt, right, seems to be a net positive for Americans. You're you're revealing uh, something very poignant, but I want to get Nick's thoughts so far. Nick, um, it just it just seems to me that the Federal Reserve, and this is my prejudice, has a stranglehold on this country. Oh, absolutely. You are correct. Spot on. They'll they'll always lend us money, but they'll never do anything to make it better for us. (laughs) It's always a loan. You know, it's never anything backed by goodwill or caring or anything like that. Yep. Yep. No, your, your observation is spot on. What I want to say, you know, since we've had the discussion here and everybody's had an opportunity to pipe in, is... Uh, so they did this thing. They're calling a student loan forgiveness. It's only ten grand per whatever, and only if you meet whatever the criteria. You were, yeah, you have to make a couple or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. If you make under X, whatever it is, there's all these like you know criteria to it. And the thing is, is that uh, what this is uh, is obviously a ploy to grab some votes because they don't address. Mm-hmm. The core problem, what created the problem, why are so many student loans in default? It's because the government is guaranteeing the student loans. So if some 18-year-old kid who's barely figured out you know, where they want to go to college, much less what they actually want to do in life, if they're going to go ahead and lend them a couple hundred thousand dollars based on a signature because the government is guaranteeing it, well, that's only going to make for irresponsible lending in the first place. Yeah. By by these mm-hmm. by the schools. And so it's obviously mm-hmm. a vote grab. They have done nothing to address the problem. And in fact, because they haven't done anything to, to address the problem, the problem will continue to get worse. You know, I moved here from Germany 17 and a half years ago to basically look after my mom. And after about in 2018, um, 
my she was at my sister's house. My sister was taking care of her, and um, then I saw a sign up on the on the wall of her house in her bedroom, mm-hmm. and it said something that she was not to be resuscitated. So I asked what that was all about, and they he gave me questions. They answered me in, in a way that was unclear. I wasn't didn't get the chance to speak with my sister, just my brother and and her and, and my sister's fiance, and uh, they just kind of said that she wouldn't be lasting too long. And then she went downhill very quickly. I presume that they stopped giving her medication, but there was nothing I could do about it, and there was no one really I could talk to. I didn't know who to get in touch with, nothing like that. Uh, I, I studied law in Germany, and my professor, Professor Dr. Knut Hamelung, said that there was an extreme danger having that provision whereby people could either commit, uh, uh, be given a, a poison pill, or in this case, for example, their medication being taken away and then being left to die. He mm-hmm. said that. He said in Germany. He said to me, "Das wäre zum Beispiel die mach schon Opi, mach schon." In other words, take the pill, o- Opa. In other words, grandfather, take the pill, take the pill. What are you waiting for? In other words, to get the inheritance and that kind of a thing. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, when grandfather died. I yes. mean, a do not resuscitate order is a little bit different than euthanasia, because do not resuscitate is just if somebody dies. We're not going to do CPR and compressions and AED and give them epinephrine and all of the things that we would do to try to make someone come back to life. So it's it's a little bit different than euthanasia, but I can see how that can also be misused. If cause I, I've seen situations where older folks or, or maybe people that don't understand are a little bit coerced by doctors to sign DNRs and maybe they don't completely understand or maybe if... You know, you or your mother has healthcare proxy and they don't explain it very well. I can see how things can get misconstrued and people can get confused and make the wrong decision. And in cases like this, you really don't want to make the wrong decision because if you sign the DNR and you wanted to be, you know, helped and resuscitated, that would be a big deal. No one ever got in touch with me. The physicians never even bothered to look me up to find out who her relatives were. Will resuscitate until so, the funds run out. But I'm I'm wondering, did she make this decision or? I, she said to me before she died. She said to me that she 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 said she said something to me that indicated to me that she had expected me to become successful and to take her over from my sister. The government wants the ten dollars. They'll take nine of it and put it in their pocket, and then they'll start a new program to put the other dollar out there to buy a vote. I graduated from Eastern New Mexico University. Mm -hmm. I paid my student loans off. I don't know what's wrong with these people these days that think they're going to have a free handout for their college bills. They need to pay their own bills. Well, okay. How long ago was this, first of all? thousand years ago. thousand years ago. Okay. No. Yeah, because the drag's like 1.5 million years old or something. No, because student loans, depending on your age... Right, student loans were significantly less, right, and the dollar had significantly more purchasing power. Right, that's like, a great. Point. The entire meme about the boomer generation pulling the rug out behind them, right, is because they got all this stuff cheap, and they got the they got the college degree, they got the house, they got the job that you could pay off your mortgage in three years, right, and that is gone. But they still pitch the idea of college, but the government guarantees loans, mm-hmm. so tuition has gone up. Then you graduate. Like when I graduated from college, it was, I graduated. I got my bachelor's in 2003 and a master's in 2005. When I was a senior, you in got college, a master's. I do. Damn. Yeah. Whatever. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whatever. Nice. Not, impor- that's not that's important. Not important. Not important. But when I was when I was like a senior getting my bachelor's, yeah. Right. I had a professor who said, "Stay in college as long as you can 
because the economy is tanking and you don't want to get out right now. It's a bad time to get out into the oh. job market, right? So the job market has tanked, right? right? So from then on, so you get you have a larger loan, less less uh, earning potential when you graduate. And then they inflate the currency right. at infinitum, and they go like, "No, you got to pay. You got to pay your decade-old debt back with this significantly worthless currency." Right, and that also doesn't seem fair. Just some more information on the uh, student loan forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Wall Street Journal article on August the 29th on Monday uh, says that's on page A4. The students, uh, 70% of the students who attended the 100 approximately uh, historically black college universities who are eligible for Pell Grants, mm-hmm. they will be allowed 20000 forgiveness. Yes. And then a couple of other points is that back under the Obama administration, another article that I can't give the citation on, but uh, under Obama, it was put into effect that they would not, uh, students would not have to pay more than 10% of, of their disposable income and after 20 years, the loans will be erased. <laughs> I, I vaguely recall that. Yeah. I'm sorry. And students are enrolled in school. Their their loans uh, payment is all always postponed. So some students will go through bachelor's and master's and other things and don't have to start paying it back until they stop going to school. Right, right. I'll be eligible to pay back. Right. I have a, an issue with the term disposable income. <laughs> I don't understand that myself. Because, like, does anybody have income that they're just going to throw away? Like, I mean, you spend your income on stuff that you want or need, right? Uh, well, I mean, it's an economics term, so. Disposable income. I don't know how you determine that, but that's the way it was written. Producer, on it. Google the disposable income. Let me leave that out for discussion, and I appreciate your program. The student loan debacle, he's, he's dangling a carrot that will never be fulfilled because yep. Congress isn't going to pass this. But he's uh, it, it, just being a vote sucker. Well, he dangled the carrot pre-election. Yeah. Right? So he's already got of, of the course. votes from it when he offered it. Right? Like, I, I personally know people who have said, I only voted for Joe Biden because he said he was going to cancel my student loans. And then now he's sort of fulfilling that campaign promise, but to a much lesser degree. Has has Joe Biden not been the most Charlie Brown president we've ever had? Wishy-washy. Mm, well, well, I mean, yeah. he's certainly... I, now, look, look at here, look at here. We got all these people that signed up for these loans. Now, when you sign the piece of paper, you best be ready to pay it back. And if you wanted to sign up for underwater basket weaving or left-handed puppetry or some stupid thing that you can't make a living at, like working for social services, um, good God almighty, are we supposed to carry your rocks? Okay, to that extent, then, uh, you should be equally, if not more, uh, you know, zealous about the fact that your politicians, the government, uh, has created how how big is the national debt now? In twenty plus trillion. Twenty plus trillion. So yeah, know. you know, I know. Uh, uh, ten thousand dollars per person. You know, like where did people learn to accept this type of uh, tomfoolery? Well, they learned it from the government itself, who is engaging in this sort of tomfoolery. 
The last time the budget was balanced was under the administration of Andrew Jackson. Uh, that's surprising. I was uh, under the impression it had never been balanced. No, it was. It was. It, the war and, you know, all the debts had been paid, and this was after the War of 1812. Yep. So how how fair, again, for the students, how fair do you think it is that a loan was taken out, you know, uh, in 2018, right, and they expected to have a certain earnings potential upon graduation based on the loan, they expected to pay a certain amount of interest, on on that debt when they graduated, and now the currency is worth fifty percent of that. I just don't know if that's relevant, just because that's not how loans work. It's not like, well, you have to pay this off unless you know you don't get the job you wanted, and unless you know there's inflation and the U.S. dollar isn't worth jack. It's well, a government loan. Yeah, and and let us not forget that uh, while the government is guaranteeing these loans. Uh, the lenders have, of course, built that into their pricing model. The radioactive fertilizer, which is a major topic of the poisoning of America, is that's made in Jordan with the extraction of uranium materials from the Jordan fields is sold in the Ukraine. Okay, that's where they get their radioactive fertilizer to contaminate their crops in the bread basket. Okay. Canada, with the euthanasia, our products here in Idaho, we sell to Canada the uranium material fertilizers and which of course contaminate the foods. All of California foods are using it. Have been using it since nineteen forty one when the Manhattan Project secrecy, the people who did the thing here just wanted to make potatoes to help the war effort, but they had to sign the secrecy thing okay. because the government did not want to share with them about it. It was the largest uranium field in the world, hundred and forty thousand square miles. Okay, Idaho, Utah and Wyoming. Wow. And so we ship it to eight other countries and all over the United States. I am the person who the tobacco company asked for help of how the uranium got in their cigarettes. And they stopped the sale for many years east of the Mississippi River of these products. They got the Surgeon General to remove the label that it, tobacco does not cause cancer because it was the uranium materials in it that did. Okay. And took their millions of dollars out of the company here. Because they got lied to and misrepresented, and of course that's been going on since the 1980s. They withdrew it. So I defend the tobacco companies, but they're still drug companies, and of course nobody stopped putting it on the food. So are you uh, an attorney by trade then? I don't know. I am not only do my own legal work a lot of, but I am also a publisher. I am involved in a media, I'm an educator, and scientist. If uh, and up to media at times too. Well, so, welcome to the club. If the if people want to know, you, yeah, if people want to know more about you or these topics that you're discussing, how can they find out? You can just Google Google search an image search of living with uranium Pocatello, and it will fill your phone. It will fill your computer. Just begin there is all we ask of people. It will fill but your hearts and minds. You can, fight, you can look up this information yourself. Some of it you might have some difficulty. I work with scientists all over the country and the world. But this has got to be stopped, okay? This has killed millions of people in our country. And so, bon appetit if you don't. I think all of us are technically savvy enough to understand the benefits of delivering data 
electronically yeah. has expanded into the realm of, you know, a, a gigabyte of data is a, approaching, you know, the cost of zero to deliver that. Okay. You agree on all that? So far? Yeah, well, if that's true, then then why are we spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to borrow money to do that for these children that want to learn? Um, I'm not sure what you're driving at. Can you sum it up? Well, I, I'm just saying if the cost, you know, all across the globe, technology has been reducing the cost of things sure. like delivering data. Okay. Well, in larger quantities, it's still faster to like mail a hard drive than it is to transmit that over the network. So. Right. And and so when uh, when when they want a hundred thousand dollars. So for a year's worth of school, mm-hmm. they're they're ripping us off gloriously. Oh, He's I trying to tie this into the student loan. Yeah, thing. no, it's it's true. Like uh, I went to, uh, we'll call it a, a tech school for a trade degree. We were talking about this guy, uh, uh, Mister Nichols, who told his brother, uh, "You got to break me out of this hospital, bro." And then within a month, he signed a uh, signed a form. Uh, authorizing his his own euthanasia. Well, okay. Submitted to a request. Submitted to a request, according to the AP News article. That sounds much more ominous than signed a form. Well, okay. I mean, that's what they get you to do to submit. To I a get request, it, right? You got to put your put your old John Hancock there. But it's not like it doesn't. It, they don't make it sound like he was requesting this. But the, the the health condition, the only health condition listed as the reason for his request to die, hearing loss. So was he in some sort of mental health facility or he, just a hospital? Does he had say? a history of depression with other medical issues, but none were life-threatening. He was 61 years old, and he was hospitalized in June 2019 over fears he might be suicidal. He asked oh. his brother to bust him out as soon as possible, and within a month, Nichols submitted to a request to be euthanized. So this is interesting. So you can be hospitalized... For being suicidal. For the... But then you can choose to kill yourself. For the suspicion. So, for the suspicion that he might be suicidal. Right? So, I just... I'm not really following here because if I'm allowed to kill myself, then why would you hospitalize me? Right. For fear I mean, of me killing myself. <laughs> I mean, right, I yeah. guess... Because you got to get two doctor's permission slips first. Yeah, well. that's true. But also... Some people that are having suicidal thoughts might be seeking help. Seek help? Well, I mean... But if they're seeking help, then why did you let them kill themselves? I'm just so confused by this. I feel that's the claim for most suicidal people, right? Like, if you call the hotline or if you make it known, it's a yeah. call for help. Because if you're really suicidal... You're just going to do gonna it. Die, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless you're that guy from that one Suicidal Tendencies song that's called Suicidal Failure... Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm a suicidal failure. I got to have some help. Have suicidal tendencies, but I can't kill myself. And it talks about all, a Pepsi. T- talks about all the attempts that he made, but somehow f- he failed. I anyway, know they should have got him that Pepsi. Yeah, it's all yeah. he wanted. It's all he wanted. Uh, anyway, Nichols' family. This is the guy who who died. 
reported the case to police and health authorities, arguing that he lacked the capacity to understand the process and was not suffering unbearably among the requirements for euthanasia. They say he was not taking needed medication, wasn't using the cochlear implant that helped him hear, and that hospital staffers improperly helped him to request the euthanasia. I don't want the safeguards in place because that's a restriction on liberties. Yeah. But at the same time, doctors who take the Hippocratic Oath and all the other fun stuff should be more conscientious with whom they offer these services to. Fair? I'm I'm with you. I'm All right. With you. Well, there also shouldn't be incentives. Well, and let, and let's see what what exactly is going on. Equally troubling, the article continues. Uh, advocates say are instances in which people have sought to be killed because they weren't getting adequate government support to live. Well, well, what does that mean? Canada is set to expand euthanasia access next year, but these advocates say the system warrants further scrutiny now. Euthanasia cannot be a default for Canada's failure to fulfill its human rights obligations, says Marie-Claude Landry, the head of its Human Rights Commission. I might take issue with that. Look, they have, they have no business interfering. Landry said she shares the grave concern voiced last year by three UN human rights experts who wrote that Canada's euthanasia law appeared to violate the agency's universal declaration of human rights. They said the law had a discriminatory impact on disabled people and was inconsistent with Canada's obligations to uphold international human rights standards. Tim Stanton, director of Canadian Institute for Inclusion and Citizenship at the University of British Columbia, described Canada's law as probably, we already read this, the the Nazi thing he invoked, uh, probably the biggest existential threat to disabled people since the Nazis program in the 1930s. Okay, that almost makes sense too, though. During his trip to Canada, Pope Francis blasted what he has labeled the culture of waste and considers elderly and disabled people disposable. The Pope says that they're disposable? During his recent trip to Canada, Pope Francis blasted what he has labeled the culture of waste that considers elderly and disabled people disposable. Oh, okay, now I understand. He's saying Canada is creating this culture of waste that creates disposable people. If If you're of healthy mind and body, though, you're less likely to seek out this service. So, of course, there's going to be a higher percentage of unhealthy, disabled, whatever people seeking it out because they're the ones not living a lifestyle that's up to their standard of living. They might not be seeking it out, though, which is the problem. If they seek it out, then, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But if they're being coerced into it or... But it seems like they're concerned it. that there's a higher percentage of these people getting this service, Which but you're not going to offer it to a healthy mind, healthy body person. Yeah, hopefully not. The countries that allow euthanasia and assisted suicide vary in how they administer and regulate the practices, but Canada has several policies that set it apart from others. For example, unlike Belgium and the Netherlands, where euthanasia has been legal for two decades, Canada doesn't have monthly commissions to review potentially troubling cases although it does publish yearly reports of euthanasia trends. Canada is the only country that allows nurse practitioners, not just doctors, to end patients' lives. Medical authorities in its two largest provinces, Ontario and Quebec, explicitly instruct doctors not to indicate on death certificates if people died from euthanasia. So how do they track the data if they don't indicate it? Right. That part is interesting. I'm less bothered by the nurse practitioner. 
right? Like, who cares who who does the needling? I mean, you would want it to be humane. Are you saying nurse what? practitioners are inhumane? No, I'm just saying that, like, you know, they should probably just not let, you know, some Joe Hobo off the street come in and just, you know, knife a guy. Well, I mean, a nurse <laughs> practitioner has been through almost as much schooling as a doctor. Then why is it called practice? Hmm? They're all practicing. Hmm? Yes, why? Same with lawyers. Medical practice. Shouldn't at some point they'd no longer be practicing and be actually treating? Uh, It's it's a terminology joke. Anyway. It's the coroner's office. Canada is the only country... No, we just covered that one. Belgian doctors are advised to avoid mentioning euthanasia to patients since it could be misinterpreted as medical advice. The Australian state of Victoria forbids doctors from raising euthanasia with patients. There are no such restrictions in Canada. The Association of Canadian Health Professionals who provide euthanasia tells physicians and nurses to inform patients if they might qualify to be killed as one of their possible clinical care options. This sounds like the death panels that Alex Jones rails about. It does, right? Like, um, yeah, so you've got this thing, and it's probably going to end your life. You could just sort of live with it until you die of old age. We could give you some drugs. Uh, that might help you live a little or bit hearing longer. hearing aids, in this guy's uh, case. We could give you hearing aids, uh, or we could kill you. Your choice. Yeah, like, these are the four options you have in front of you. Behind but door please, number four is, is death. But please submit to this request for the killing part. Canadian patients are not required to have exhausted all treatment alternatives before seeking euthanasia, as is the case in Belgium and the Netherlands. I'm okay with that, too. Still... Duclos said there were adequate safeguards in place, including stringent eligibility criteria to ensure no disabled people were being encouraged or coerced into ending their lives. Government figures show more than 65% of people are being euthanized due to cancer, followed by heart problems, respiratory issues, and neurological conditions. We talked about the euthanizing of pets earlier, and that's usually a factor, right? I can no longer afford to, to give this pet care. I'm going to put him down. Now, if you're like, you know, disabled and spending that much money, it's highly unlikely that you're also working a full-time job to afford that care, which means you're a financial burden on somebody, or if you're dipping into savings, right, that you could then pass on and bequeath upon a benefactor, right, you may be like, well, their life is more worth living now, like, give them the money and just let me die, right? And then your heirs are taken care of. I mean, I I really don't see anything wrong with that. Genetically, genetically speaking, and this might come off as kind of cold, but genetically speaking, we're at a point where we are saving everyone. So people who should have died are being saved and, you know, their lives are being dragged out. And as a result, you know, people are reproducing and... The genetic line is getting very weak and sickly. Yeah. And it does seem like living with cancer is much less desirable than living without it. Right? So to say like, oh, the disabled people, they're they're being, you know, looked down upon and saying their lives are worth less than a healthy person. Well, yeah. Well, it depends on the disability, too. I mean, if you have a terminal illness, that's one thing. If you're just in a wheelchair, obviously, it's like, well, your life's not worth living now. Obviously, that's not true for everyone in that situation. Not that it's not worth living, but that is definitely less desirable than not being in a wheelchair. Well, so I'm so glad I broke my back and my neck. This wheelchair lifestyle. Man, you won't believe where I get the park. That could 
give someone, send them into a sort of spiritual awakening where maybe they were super depressed before, doing drugs, whatever. Their life was undesirable. They had this second chance at life because they were saved and now they're just in a wheelchair. And so there are circumstances where... Maybe their life is better now that they're in a wheelchair. All right. Just for well, the sake of arguments. <laughs> this guy is Sean Can't Taggart. Can't even say that with a straight face. This guy, Sean Taggart, the 41-year-old, uh, health authorities had proposed, or who's spending $206 a day to fill in the, the gap that the government isn't providing. Uh, health authorities proposed that Taggart move to an institution, uh, but he refused, saying he would be too far from his young son. He called the suggestion a death sentence in an interview with the CBC. How can being gassy net you some Bitcoin? Hmm, that's a great question. It is. A- I'd love to know. Convert the methane to energy. It's it's actually a bit of a play on words because we're not talking about like human gas. We're talking about this article from Bitcoin.com, news.bitcoin.com of all places. Amid Colorado's gas flare ban, reports show that half a dozen gas and oil firms are raking in a lot of Bitcoin. Okay. In November 2020, Colorado banned gas flaring, venting, and the release of raw gas into the atmosphere. While the Centennial State has a large number of well sites, a recent report shows that roughly half a dozen Colorado oil and gas companies are leveraging gas to Bitcoin flare mitigation systems, and these firms are raking in a lot of Bitcoin. I hear the words. I'm still not making the connection. They've got... So... Uh, the state of Colorado outlawed a certain thing, right? Uh, a method of uh, something called gas flaring. Okay, uh, but these companies are flaring the gas to power some Bitcoin miners. I okay, so in, they're in they're breaking the law by it flaring the gas. Sounds like they are. Yeah, while the Centennial State has a large number of well sites, a recent report shows that roughly half a dozen. Of these companies are leveraging gas to Bitcoin flare mitigation systems, and these firms are raking in a lot of Bitcoin. Which that's that's the term that I don't I don't understand. Gas flare to gas bit fl- Bitcoin mitigation system, whatever that phraseology was. It's a uh, gas to Bitcoin flare mitigation systems. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, instead of uh, so gas is energy, you convert right. that energy into electricity, and you turn that electricity into uh, some Bitcoin miners that then okay. mine some Bitcoin. So that's what fl- I assumed. That's I. I mean, that's my understanding of that phrasing. Okay, is that they're they're already drilling for gas, yeah, and they've got gas mines, and, you and know, they already said flaring and, was illegal, and they, so now they're flaring. To they have to. Energy. They have to release the gas every now and again, just like humans when they eat Taco Bell. Yeah. You know, they gotta release the gas a little bit. You know, kind of let it out. You know, and so they're they're they decided that hey, we have all this excess energy that we're just sort of burning off. Why don't we put it to use? Okay. I love human poop because I use them as a compost directly on my morning glories. I feel <laughs> sorry for my neighbors that have to smell is that a euphemism? My, uh... <laughs> have you considered moving thought... to San Francisco to collect it? No, I collect my own. I, I do plenty. I, I do. I have my own compost. Uh, but it works really well because my morning glory flowers are gorgeous. Yeah, it's just amazing. Well, in here. So, but, <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, but am I a, but, uh, yeah, you have a really interesting topic that's really interesting about. I never knew that you could generate so much heat that way, but I love all this 
environmental green energy stuff that you bring on. It's so well, exciting. Technically, that would so be brown I'm energy. All... <laughs> yeah, Depends what you ate last that. night. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's all, I just, I'm perked up with all this environmental stuff like that, you know. But I just want to bring up with our, our speeders again, you know, my, um, you know, the thing is that, trying to figure out why I'm so stuck on these speeders and traffic lighters, but it's so some kind of an unconscious, like sub, subliminal, I mean, at an unconscious mind, I like my vindictiveness. From almost getting tried to um, get I, run over and get killed many times. I'm you know? no psychiatrist, nor am I a psychologist. However, right. I have observed human behavior uh, throughout the course of my life. I have participated as a counselor for uh, kids, uh, you know, teens, preteens, that kind of a thing, who you know need somebody right. to talk to, aren't comfortable to, and so uh, my guess, Sarah, is the reason that you are so obsessed with speeders and the laws around speeding and all that is because you do not drive yourself. You really want to deep down inside, but you're afraid to admit that you want to drive and you want to speed. Well, I have a too. I I really think that it's like my mind is like working because I almost get hit by and killed by a driver. That's my reality. That was going to be my next question. How do you feel about the – increase in electric vehicle usage because those kill more oh, pedestrians because you don't it. hear them oh really they seem to well, be I more dangerous for pedestrians you were talking about energy and i wanted to talk to you about that but before i do i'm reminded that you were talking about um mr um the senator um what's his face um that is, idaho law no oh. No, it's the senator that is from Arizona uh, that is in the Navy, and my family knew him, uh, and he is not a good guy. And I wanted you to say what not the hero that they made him out to be in the news, but the news is never correct it's these days. I don't know who um, you're talking about. But... I don't... I'm talking about McCain. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> Screw he that was... guy. So were, were you listening to like an older he, episode where they were talking no, about the it, daughter? It was about two or three weeks ago. Okay. I couldn't call at that time, but he is not. He was uh, when he did this hot dogging stuff that he's done, and he was not getting the acclaim from his fellow uh, sailors and the rest. He was just he was just not 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 good. <laughs> Could never win a game of Simon Says. The only the, on, the, on the battle sh- on the uh, carrier, and he's uh, was not. He disobeyed orders. That's how he got captured. The he, only Mick Kane that I might be interested in is if uh, McDonald's started vending cocaine. Uh, well, I don't know if he did that. Mick but Kane, I just get know it? that he was he flew too close to see what he had done. He wanted to see his work and so forth. When he was ordered not to fly too close, which he did. And that's how he got captured. That's how his plane got shot down. It's like Icarus. And so the guy was not good. But that's one thing. The other thing is I thought maybe you might want to have on your show a man from California. I believe he's in California. And his name is David Bloom. And he has, uh, and I don't do websites, but it's alcoholcanbeagas.com. And his his uh, inventions for how to use alcohol in transportation and in g- gas and in everything. He is really good at it, and uh, 
he did happen to say the only time he's ever on any show that I know I've ever heard of is on the coast-to-coast AM in the middle of the night, mm. which most people don't hear. Do you guys follow the Libertarian Party uh, Twitter account out of New Hampshire? <laughs> as awesome. closely as possible. <laughs> What's the hot take this week? Yeah, what, what, are, they, what are they tweeting uh, now? It was uh, Zelensky with a Hitler tattoo. <laughs> and they retweeted their own tweet, too. Like, they doubled down, you know, on the tweet if you check them out. I had a friend who was like his own posts on Facebook to mess with the algorithm. Yeah. You got to promote it, dude. No, you do. Like, yeah. little known fact on Facebook, if you like your own post, it increases your reach. I get it. Like, there's all sorts yeah. of people who don't understand, like, the algorithm and all And they're like, oh, look at this moron. He liked his own post. Well, do you want your post to, like, reach more people? Then mm-hmm. click that like button. I yeah. like it because I'm really cool. And I like my stuff. <laughs> It's, so. It gets even better is if you wait. So, like, if you post a thing and you get, you know, some people, pick a number and figure out, like, what your goal is. Oh, I want this to get 10 likes. Well, when it gets 10 likes, hit that like button again. Watch it get five or 10 more. Mm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Anyway, go you ahead, Jack. Know how much, you so, don't know how Zelensky much the Nazi. They're, they're shadowing you, too. So, if you look at activity, sometimes I'll, I'll look at them. Like, there's been 220 uh, interactions. Mm-hmm. It's only two likes. Right? That makes absolutely no sense. Right. You know, so how many how much bot stuff is going on? Here, it's so bizarre. Here's another thing. If you want uh the, Facebook gives you their we'll call it their sanctioned ways of like seeing things from a particular page or a particular person, but the algorithm fails in doing that consistently, at least in my experience in using Facebook. Now, keep in mind, I only use the browser version, so I don't use the app. I'm not putting that thing on my phone. Screw you, M. Zuckerberg. Uh, at any rate, uh, if you want to follow somebody a little more closely, you want their stuff to appear in your feed more frequently, uh, you don't even have to really do much of anything. Just go to whatever post they've posted and go hit reply like you're going to reply. And in the reply field, just type in like, I don't know, five or six commas or periods or letters. Just repeat the same thing and then delete it all as if you didn't post anything. The algorithm will pick that up and it will begin to display. They will like it fools the algorithm into thinking you interacted with them and it will display their stuff more frequently. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, even if you stare at something long enough, like I took, I took, I made the mistake of looking at a, a, a Dawson dog video once for mm-hmm. like five seconds, and you know I looked at it, oh that's kind of cute, and, and now I, I can't get rid of the uh, Dawson dog videos. They're just everywhere. <laughs> that's that's kind of my fear because sometimes I'm browsing on my phone because I don't care. Yeah, and I'll set my phone down to do other things. I'm like, oh, man, they think I've been staring at that post for like 20 (laughs) minutes. Now you're getting advertisements for it. I called him to express my opinion Mm -hmm. that I think it's time to break up the union, okay? Oh, heck yes. Great opinion. uh, I am also of that opinion. You are, okay. Because a few months ago, I was listening to your program, and two of you expressed the opinion that it was time to break up the union, and one disagreed. uh, So, Who was that? and can we fire I, I them? Know. <laughs> I so he doesn't want to expose anybody. Who, oh, okay. you know, Do you remember what day? Was, uh, no, no. It was some months ago. I can't remember exactly. Right. So all of you agree that it's time, right? 
Yep. I, well I, past time. Yeah, I think the the experiment of the the union, the united part of the United States of America, I think has been an abject failure, as evidenced by the fact oh. that it is now the largest empire in all of Earth's history. In fact, we had candidate for governor here in New Hampshire at dinner with us tonight. We did. And we asked her how she felt about NH exit and New Hampshire leaving the union. And she was less than idealistic, hopeful. I mean, she didn't like poo-poo it, but she also didn't say, like, I'm totally in. Yeah. You know, she was a little vague. It's got to be the last, last ditch effort, weigh all other options first. But no. But so, David, how did you come to this opinion that it's time for the uh, you know the breakup, the divorce of the states, if you will? Oh, okay. I'm glad you asked that question. Okay, and this is my argument. Okay, a few months ago, Tucker Carlson expressed the opinion that the federal government is at war with the people of the states. Yep. And then Mark Levin, Mark Levin, has expressed the opinion that we are in the abyss. You know, as regards uh, as regards the state of, of our state, as regards the uh, the federal government. Okay. And then Sean Hannity has several times expressed the opinion that we are divided with irreconcilable differences. I like that term. Okay. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton have expressed the opinion that it's lucky that we are a federation of states, implying that we can that we can divide. Yeah. Okay, and the, my my final reference is Rush Limbaugh. Okay. Rush Limbaugh, the last the last week on the radio, you know, before he died, said we are a divided nation. He said almost as many people voted for for Donald Trump as voted for uh, for uh, for for uh, Bi- for, Bi- for Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said I- that the votes were almost the same. The only reason they were able to steal the election is because the election was so close. So we are a divided people. There's no doubt about it. Well, I don't want to. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that uh, the United States, uh, large as it is, uh, has, uh, I can't even count how many subcultures within it. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.